Order for table two. It's Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout. Welcome back. It's been far too long. No, it hasn't. It's only been two weeks. I'm Rodney Cyrus and Rich is in the house. And we're also joined by Ali Colker from that. We are the girls in Claret and Blue podcast. How are you, Ali? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a long week and it's only Tuesday. <laughs> oh, it's only Tuesday. <laughs> God, blimey. Rich, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very good, Rodney. Yeah, it's um, it's been a bit of a, a bit a bit of a mad week, and like Ali said, yeah, it is hard to figure out that it's only Tuesday. I know. With all of this 24-hour news, which seems to be crammed into 24 minutes and more, every time I turn on the news, the radio, it's the same thing: coronavirus, this, coronavirus, that. You know, and for us die-hard football fans, us sport lovers, we we're, <laughs> we're desperate. We're crying out. So on today's podcast which i've i've titled food for thought because there basically isn't any football food on the table at all we're going to talk about uh, the impact that the the absence of games have had on on fans and you know both yourselves and myself and how that's kind of impacted on you what you've been doing in the meantime we'll touch a little bit on the she believes cut no hissing richard no hissing <laughs> <laughs> no hissing and uh what else we can talk about in terms of the, the the fixtures that have been postponed temporarily at the moment and what's the future of football in, in particular the women's game because this is we're focused on the women's football but in terms of what it means for football overall and other little bits that we can cram in hopefully on this messy menu of a of a podcast um and as ali is a lady in the house i'm going to start with her first you don't mind richard you know i bet that's the first time someone's called you a lady ali absolutely <laughs> he's a gentleman i'll rob me um okay um this the the situation the global pandemic which we are currently currently uh, living through experiencing um you know, first things first, we'll talk about football. How how has it impacted you as a fan not being able to go to the games that you love? Do you mean financially or mentally? Uh, do you know something? Well, I'll touch on the mental health aspects of it because that's an important issue, but both, you know, financially and mentally. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not as bad as some people, but if people don't know, I am a faraway fan. I support West Ham, but I live in Stockport. I know, that Manchester. one, but... So um, I'm at least 70, 80 quid out of pocket because I've got non-refundable travel, which was my risk to take. But as there's no date on the horizon for when matches are going to go ahead, I can't change my tickets. So, you know, that's a financial loss. And also, you know, it's that routine. It's that build up. It's that relief at the end of the week. Going, oh, I've got something really fun to do on Sunday. It's going to be great. And then nothing. And it's because it was so sudden. It was such a sudden stop to mm. nothing. It's, it's yeah, it's definitely taken a toll. It is taken a toll. Rich, how's it been for you? I mean, uh, uh, Ali's mentioned the financial aspect and obviously the build-up that fans have towards the end of the week and the expectation. But what does it mean for you as a fan? I'll just echo Ali's sentiments, really. Um I'm a little bit better off. <laughs> not so, there's a bit more much, there's a bit more money in the bank at the moment, but um but yeah, I, I'm not as um it wasn't as bad. I've lost sort of 30 30 pound. I was going to brighten away next week. So um so sort of I lost that, but I'm going to try and claim that back. But um but as but I was hearing that like we we're supposed to play Arsenal this weekend and there was a lot of uh, there was a few girls from um 
from our Bristol City Supporters Club that were going to be mascots. And uh, they were so, uh, there was one girl and she was only 10. She, mm. It was a it was her 10th birthday and she was really looking forward to it. So, so yeah, I feel sorry for those girls that so, were so looking forward to it. And of course it's, it's off. So, you know, it's sort of be quite hard to explain something to that, to a sort of nine, 10 year old, isn't it? So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 you say it's hard to explain, but I believe the coverage of this kind of this this um, invisible disease that we're facing has been so widespread, and it's touched everything. In terms, every single sporting uh, event and arena has been touched in a particular way. It's, I would say that children probably have a, a a very good understanding of what it means to be um, a fan. Uh, who's not able to go and watch the games that they like, you know, but um, I understand, you know, young children, they have hopes, they dreams, they plan, they think every minute of something. And then when it's taken away from them, you know, it's very, I suppose the, the answers that you put in place are difficult to kind of formulate, but necessarily the actual event in itself is just like the football's off, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they can see in your yeah. face, like yeah. dad's not going out today. He's got to stay in with me. You know, so <laughs> so um, there's that. I mean, for me, it's I mean, I, I like you and I'm sure other fans have had to plan in, in advance. Um, I booked a, a train ticket, obviously, because I'm posh. I booked a train ticket, uh, not a, a coach ticket, Ali and Richard. So you can don't know, no jibes there. And uh, I like you have been unable to change it or or transfer it. I mean, I can transfer it up until the day of the game which should have been the 21st. Um, but Man United were due to play a league game, but then they're in the FA Cup and that was rescheduled to the Sunday. So I couldn't change the the day anyway. And then on top of that, the situation that we're currently in. So, you know what, we both kind of, all, or, but you both and I have ex expressed is the, uh, the financial implications to that, definitely the emotional kind of disappointment of not being to make changes. But also it does it does impact on what we do at, you know during the weekend you know how we how we view the weekend and um, you know what I've noticed and, and I'm going to ask you what's been the strangest thing you've seen in terms of a reaction on on social media whether it's Twitter Facebook etc I've seen some really strange reactions <laughs> I've seen yeah, as, a, yeah. as a food for thought moment I'm thinking I've seen some really freaky reactions as to the the, the football not being well, the football being cancelled for a moment, let's just say that for a moment, because it's not gone away forever, it's for a moment in time. And um, I don't even want to name names of the things that I've, I've, I've read from the from the, the various accounts, but there have been some strange ones. Is there anything that stood out to you and thought that's been strange? Or have you read the comments and, and, and heard the conversations and thought, yeah, that's normal? Ali, what do you think? Um, no, I've definitely seen some strange things. The problem I've seen is that people seem to be taking it out on the players, specifically in the women's game, because the players are so much more accessible. Mm. That they've been, you know, like Rich says, that there's been some kids disappointed and they're going after the players being like, you know, my seven-year-old has been looking forward to this game for a month and it's now, and it's like, well, it's not their fault. <laughs> mm. um, you know, and it's strange from yeah. the typical... Um, men joke oh now I've got to talk to my wife to um, you know outrage anger to people being fully depressed that they have not got that crucial moment in their weekend for I think it's because there's no end date there's no like okay 
there's nothing until this it's there's nothing until we say there's something yeah yeah um rich what about you is anything that jumped out in terms of the uh strange and outrageous yeah i'd like to touch on the mental health side of it because um i, I know a um a tier five team i'm associated with a tier five team and one of our players she she suffers with depression and she's absolutely beside herself doesn't sort of can't actually deal with not having football and um i've got another friend this is this is for a men's tier and i know um a guy who, who, who watches football men's football mm. home and away he's he's getting extremely depressed because that is his life that's his his social i mean it's fact for myself i mean the mm. Bristol City, Bristol City women is my social life. All my friends, I mean, they're effectively a lot of a lot of the um, a lot of the people I go with. I mean, they're effectively sort of family in some ways. Yeah. So it's um, it's that side of things that you um, you know, your sort of social life. It, you're not. I'm not blaming anybody at all. But I'm just saying it's that side of thing. Your your social side, your social life sort of being is being taken away from you, so to speak. Yeah, and you know something in terms of the mental health and obviously the disappointment and as you mentioned Ad, Ali about the, the players, something that I saw on Twitter I mean, it was a footballer for, uh, let me get this right, Royal Wooten Bassett Town FC and the player's name is Abigail and, and you know she quite clearly expressed how she was feeling um, about football and, and the mental health and the, playing football takes her mind off things gets her out and stops her dwelling on things and you know for me as a person I mean I've had a various kind of like varied kind of life in terms of what I've done with regards to work and throughout life you have good times bad times you have moments of anxiety and that that bit there about the football taking you away from the things that you dwell on you know I understand that very very clearly you know I've had to do a lot of work myself on things like that and you know, I travel to football on my own and I've, you know, been fortunate to kind of meet you guys and meet you, Rich, and you know what I mean? And when I travel, I'm, I'm a solo fan. You know, I live in London, I travel to Manchester, I engage with people in Manchester and I go away. And, you know, I'm very different from most fans who kind of either travel in a pack or with there with a group. But I am virtually, a, I'm like that guy who just walks in the film Kung Fu. You're too young, Ali, to know this. So don't even say, what is that? you know before you kind of come in with that well i don't know this reference you know but um, um how yep. how important playing football for the players mm. is probably really um not truly understood and we saw with the recent interview from and um, the west ham player obviously um who talked about and really kind of shared her soul with regards to the, the depression that she went through, how important it was for her to do that within the game, but also do so within the surroundings of her teammates. I get it, you know, I get it. And 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 it's really important as fans, we say, yeah, we're missing the game. We're missing the interaction. We're missing, missing the enjoyment of what we see on the pitch and the camaraderie between fans. But from the players' point of view, you know, they're like, that probably is everything to them. You know, their world is probably just broken down and they're not able to to kind of express themselves in a way, the creative way that they, they want to and they've been used to and they've been applauded for. So it's, um, you know, I don't know how we can even engage with players 
uh, and social media in a positive way and kind of do a special shout out for a player during the day and say we're thinking mm. of you this is it doesn't matter who which team you support or which player it is or if you're going to shout out for a player from another team and saying you know I really appreciated what you did on that game and the goal that you scored and you know even though I'm from an opposing team it was class whatever you know because yeah. at, at this moment in time I yeah. think you know kind words is probably the best thing that we can do on social media because of this you know so, um, social isolation you know keep your distance, stay over there, mentality, you know, as human beings, we're really, we need that kind of connection. And, you know, uh, this podcast is definitely recorded on Skype. There is no <laughs> studio <laughs> available because we are all poor. And so we have been doing social isolation for quite some time, Rich, you know, so <laughs> we are, we are diehards in this this business and this avenue but no it's really important and uh, the mental health uh, the mental health aspect of it is is really important to remember every day that we say that we're missing things that on the other side there are there are players who are also missing probably not even so much the adulation but the the, the recognition mm. you know yeah. and being valued well, that um, that club you mentioned, that is that's the club that I'm associated with. Uh, oh, are you? Like, oh, right. I'll yeah, so that's, those, and the those player, um, uh, I know Abby well, and um, and she, um, but it's not just her; it's the whole team. Because because, but just just to just to um, just a quick addition to that, um, they've had so much bad luck with the weather. They actually yeah. haven't played. They haven't played a football match since I think first week of February. So it's uh, it's been really difficult on all the girls, really. So, um, you know, they just I'm, I'm on a, I made a joke with one of them the other day and said, oh, you, you've probably forgotten how to play football, haven't you? Know? <laughs> it's been it's been so long since they've um, since they played a game. So, yeah. Yeah. So gutted, really gutted for um, really gutted for Bassett, but also not just them, but all, all the other teams, really. They just yeah. want to play football. You know, and, uh, and and as a special shout out to every uh, football player within the women's game, you know, we're thinking of you. Uh, we hope you're well mentally. We hope you're well um, within yourself, health in, in terms of health. And yeah, we can't wait to see you play again, you know, at whatever level. And I'm even talking about my little local team, Dulwich Hamlet women, who <laughs> had to so-called postpone their games. Don't you mock my team. I wasn't you know, mocking but... your team. I used to see their men's play, Dagenham and Redbridge back in day. I never watched the men's team. Well, yeah. yeah, I never watched the men's team. Never watched the men's team. Okay, with with the the postponement as it is right now with the games, um, and this is something that I called for some time ago, and I will shout it down, but I'm going to say it again. I believe that the games need to be played behind closed doors when they return to complete the season that is 2019-2020. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Richard? Um, oh, no, no, I've I caught him on the hop there, haven't I? He's caught. He's I what I was going to add first. <laughs> no, I don't agree with play. I don't agree with playing games behind closed doors. Um, I tell you what, it would be a good. I mean, you've got to play. You've got to try and play out the season. But would it not be? How, is it not a good excuse to get back into the summer league? That's my question as well. If we can just finish this off, finish this. Finish this season off whenever it's going to end, and then next season you could start sort of what March or something. Is it? Are you desperate to get that the She Believes Cup knocked out of the 
The scheduling is out here. <laughs> Are you desperate? <laughs> Ali, what do you think? Um, for gritted teeth, I do think you're right that it would be behind closed doors, but with the caveat that it's a bit more open than previous behind closed doors games. So, like, for example, our, most of our preseason friendlies, apart from against Tottenham, will play behind closed doors. And it's only because I know players and I know the manager that I knew the score. Right, okay. They, they kept it that private. So, for me, That's... it would be... A case of could you stream it on FA player so there's no fans actually there. It has to be that. But you can see the games. You know, you get you get Twitter updates so you know who scored, what's going on with your team. If it's open, then yeah. I would say yes behind closed doors. If it's not, I'd wait until the threat's gone and we play it in front of fans. Well, I did you know something? I'm gonna come back to the, the, the point that I made about the behind closed doors. I say I I say that because the game will change in terms of what we're going through, in terms of fan engagement, in terms of, um, you know, being able to have a selfie with a player, being able to kind of say to a player, you know, all of those things that have to take time before they are gradually reintroduced. I'm not saying they'll go away, but in terms of the league itself finishing the season as we know it, that we've engaged in and bought season tickets, as long as the games are streamed, whether it's on the FA player, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on the club's official channel, whatever they want to do, they need to uh, actually give the fans access to the games so that they can see them. In terms of the league itself, it needs to finish the right way because unlike the men's game, the women's game doesn't have the financial pull. It doesn't have the financial backing. It doesn't have the financial insurance, which some of these girls are probably relying on in terms of their salary, in terms of their livelihood and mortgages and all of those things that we take for granted. So as long as there's a contractual side in terms of them finishing the league and they're being paid for their time, you know, and and, and that the fans are not necessarily there to put them in danger, they'll still be able to enjoy the game, you know, and, and the club realise that the fans want to be there, but because of public health reasons, until it's really clear that everything is okay, then I believe that's kind of that's a viable option to look at because there is no time scale as to when things are going to return. And that's the realistic thing we're looking at. There's no, there's no, and not to say no end date, they've given a date as where the league will return, but you know it's moving really quickly until the beginning of April. And then before you know it, someone's going to go, we're moving it back a date, you know? I don't think, I don't think there's, there, it's, there's no way whatsoever it'll be, they've said the third, 4th of April, 4th, 5th yeah. of April. There's yeah. no way you are going to get games. I mean, you're, they're talking about, I mean, everyone's going on like an eight, eight week lockdown, aren't they? Eight yeah. weeks to 12 weeks. Well, being, well they're talking about at least games. 12 weeks if you're 70 years of age. Yeah. You know? And so that's my you're... mom and her crew. And I know how much they like going to the hospital during those, those daytime hours. They treat the hospital like it's a nightclub they're there so often. <laughs> And you can't, um, and there's no way, because I, I was talking to my dad about this this afternoon, actually, there's no way you can stop, I don't know how you would regulate stopping a 70-year-old person from going to a football match. <laughs> You're not telling my mum. My mum <laughs> my, my and her friends have already said they're going to revolt. They're going to <laughs> gather up and start walking around. Not, they've lived long enough. They're, they're not in a sense that they don't want to live any longer. They're like thinking, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like said, yeah. yeah, they're laughing. They're, my mum's mindset is if we're out with her friends, anyone who sees them should cross the road because they are <laughs> in that vulnerable group. 
You know, like it's like the reverse of the, the gang of youths that you kind of avoid. It's like you've got a gang of seventy-year-olds who've got oh sugar. They're over there. Let's 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 hide. You know, that's what you know. So it's I don't know how that's going to work. And because there are a lot of seventy-year-olds that probably do work part time, they're actually engaged in football. They go to football. They're part of club setups. You know, yeah. you know, you, you try and tell someone who's lived their whole life playing football or watching football or supporting the club, saying you're not allowed out. And on top of it. The game is playing behind closed doors and we're not streaming it as well. Ah, how about that? Another another issue about the the play, playing behind closed doors. Bristol, I mean, Tony Rocks Toby has said that the fans do make a difference. And especially we're we're in a relegation, we're in a relegation battle. Mm. You know, our 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 singing and our songs could be the difference between us getting a win or a draw so you know there's a lot there is a lot at stake um perhaps the idea might be if they can't play perhaps you call the season as it is now you Ooh. you know you you uh, i mean because if you look at the other um the championship aston villa it would be yeah. really it would be terrible if aston villa didn't go up after all the the good work that they've done exactly you know um and actually in, in, that's the next question I was going to come on to. Actually, the games that you sh- would have gone to, I was due to go down to see uh, Lewis play um, this weekend or the next weekend. They were due to play Aston Villa, and um, I was really looking forward to both te- watching both teams play. And Aston Villa, as you say, are top of the league and flying. You know, they're on forty points. You know, second in the league is Sheffield, and they're on thirty-four. So you're looking at two two really strong teams there and uh, if you don't complete the, the season you, you're then kind of saying to the teams that are in the championship well we're not sure whether you can be promoted or are we going to start it again or you know the legal challenges that they're talking about in the Premier League if the, the season isn't completed it throws up so many different questions I think really in terms of the women's game it just you need to be really clear about what you want to do and just kind of be mindful that the decisions that you're going to make was going to impact every single club in a very very huge in a big and huge way especially financially especially financially and you have to be really careful and that's the only reason for me as i say play behind closed doors because you need the league to finish before you start another one you just do and as you, you know aston villa need to come up and ideally i'd take three teams up not just one well, somebody banded around on on another group I saw um, yesterday was one idea would be no relegation and just promote um, promote Villa and Sheffield United, and that would well, take teams to fourteen. Yeah, yeah, and then take three relegated take... Um, the next season and one up if you want to keep it at twelve. Yeah, I, uh, to be honest, I believe the WSL is too small anyway. It should be more than 12 teams. Yeah. It should, it should, yeah, it should be more than 12. You know, it actually, they should work their way out and to not, not relegate anyone and just keep including people. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'd be happy with that, yeah. <laughs> I, I bet you would. <laughs> well, dude, the, way West, the way West Ham are playing at the moment, I think um, if, it, if it got to too many more games, they'd be in tr- you'd be in trouble as well, I think. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to mention West Ham, Ali. You're talking yeah. He's pulled you in there. I know, mean. Don't tell my, don't, 
Don't tell Matt I said that. Oh, I'm going to send him a link to this podcast when we're done and be like, look what your biggest fan's saying about your team, Matt. No, Matt's a top man. Top man. He's, yeah. he's a top bloke, yeah. Top um, and we did you a favour last game because we absolutely hammered uh, Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, and I um, and I, and I, I said something on Twitter. I said that it could be a close game and Matt come back at me, didn't he? Yeah. Well, you thought we were gonna, you said you you said we were gonna lose. I said no, I said it'd be a tight game. So your boss your boss caught your boss called me on that. Yeah. That's a, it says something when you got managed as trawling Twitter to say he's called us out today. I'm, I've got his number. Yeah, we've got his number. Um Right, let's move away a little bit from home home life in terms of the football here. I want to get your thoughts on the She Believes Cup. And the fallout uh, following the <laughs> because this is an audio only podcast, I can see Richard's face right now. Only you could see it. Um, <laughs> the, the fallout uh, following England's performance and the comments about uh, the team selection and the pressure that Phil Neville is 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 currently facing because of it. Um, I'll start with you, Ali. I mean, were you expect? I oh, know I have to start with Ali because Richard's going to say I don't care. Uh, <laughs> were you expecting England to do so well in the She Believes Cup? Um, I was expecting them honestly to do better. I said from the beginning I didn't think they would take it home. I think the US were far too strong, um, but I thought they would give more of a game than they did. Um, the game against the USA wasn't fantastic again defensive errors led to those two goals we should have beat japan much more comfortably than we did it was a fluke goal by ellen white who frankly to be honest was offside but we'll let that pass over and over <laughs> and then yeah spain again was you know we should be beating these teams and we're not oh hold on now hold on now <laughs> especially with the Spain one. Um, on paper, we should be beating these teams. Well, yeah, if you're talking about the team that was selected for the game, then probably yes. yes. But in terms of the squad experience, I would say Spain have shown already that they have quality players there and uh, um, they have a special player in their midfield or, you know, withdrawn striker. Very good. Very good. Uh, Rich, I'm dying to hear what you have to say about She Believes. <laughs> Well, he's like every, like a lot of people have said. Um, you know, he if he was in charge of a men's team, he'd been but, gone. Yeah. Um, you know, his record, what seven seven is it seven defeats out of eleven? Yeah. It's pretty. It is sort of sackable form, isn't it? Well, it's definitely not form for promotion. That's for sure. <laughs> So, um, and some of the tips, some of the results, it's not just she believes if you're going back, you're going back before some of the results that they've had, um, you know, I mean, the, the teams they've beaten have been the real, the lowest of the lowest of Portugal. Did, was it Portugal they beat? And um, yeah, that was terrible. Was sort of teams like that who were sort of in the bottom rung. I mean, they've even struggled against the, they've even struggled against the sort of second tier-ish sort of teams. So, mm. So that's um, and the sort of the way he goes, the way he goes about picking his team, that's, that's always been my concern. Yeah, you uh, know, it's, he, he's into you know if you're not playing for a top four team, or you know you haven't got a chance, which is a worry for the lower teams like us. 
Yeah, I, 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 for me, in terms of the, his t- the, the player selection, there's all there were always players that I thought should have been in the squad, but we'll see we'll see how they they get on in terms of the ones that have been chosen. Disappointed that I didn't see more t- uh, in terms of playing time from Beth England. I, I would have appreciated as a as a fan myself watching the game, seeing her team up alongside Ellen White. That for me, you know, I I, I would have liked to have seen that. A little bit more time from Chloe Kelly. Uh, plus side in terms of, um, and Emma will love this. I can't think of her <laughs> name now. Um, she's escaped me. The the hemp, Lauren Hemp, yep. who just looked, who looked like as if she'd been playing for England for four or five years. Just you know, wore the shirt well. You know, contributed well in the game. In terms of the overall performances within the games, I, I, I suppose when you looked at the result and, and the performance that had against the Americans. You know, they probably gave everything in that game and expected to get a result. And, you know, the USA just, you know, they're on a totally different level. They have a different level in terms of the players that they can bring off the bench. You know, they, they are seasoned and in, in terms of their, their level of play. And then you start to look at the individuals that are playing against England in that game. You've got Carly Lloyd at 37. You've got Tobin Heath at 31. It looks like she's 23. She's ripping it up on. Yeah, honestly, she's just looking yeah. lean. You got Press on the other side, who's in her late twenties or thirties, and then you look on the bench and you've got Megan Rapone. I'm like, come on! And then you go to England and you just think, well, America really want to win this. The squad that Phil Charles, I couldn't work out whether he was looking at the future or if he was saying to the squad from the previous World Cup campaign, you've got another shot at kind of changing uh, what happened last time and, and reversing the result. And it was kind of like he was hedging his bets. He was hedging his bets and he didn't go with one or the other. He didn't come out and say, this is about the next tournament. This this is just a friendly, we don't, if we don't win it, fine. You know, but he didn't kind of, he wasn't definitive enough for me. And then watching the result against um, Japan, you know, they struggled. They didn't seem to have a game plan. And again, Japan who brought a very young squad, Ali, as we discussed in the podcast that yep. you did, you know, out of the 23-man squad that they brought, only seven players were only over 25. Their squad was young. The Japan are prepping for the next major tournament. And then you have Spain, who basically put out a reserve team. <laughs> yeah, they put out a reserve team and bossed it in terms of possession. And then once they brought on their stellar players, they, they go on and win the game. So, you know... I don't know for, about Phil Neville and people are saying the Neville in, Neville out, but I believe that some of the players that are there, either they are, they've reached their peak in terms of international level or the setup isn't right for them or it's time for the actual setup within the, the squad to be different going forward because America, they're relying on players in their 30s to get winning goals in every position. And, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen for, for the Lionesses going forward, but um, they need to make changes, whether it's in terms of team selection, whether it's in terms of formation or management. It's just a, it's a difficult one for him and everyone surrounding that camp. So, yeah, tough. <laughs> one point I was thinking about the other day was the um, when Samson was in charge, you had... Mariam Spacey, who was the assistant, and they said a lot, I've, I've heard a, 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 quite a number of times that it, a lot of the good stuff under Samson mm-hmm. was done through Mariam Spacey. Now, I don't know a lot about 
who's the girl that's um, the assistant manager now? I'm I not quite sure what her name is. Uh, I have no idea. I know her name's Bev, but I couldn't tell you what her surname Bev was. Priest, Bev Priestman. Of course. Yes. I've, never, I've never heard of Bev Priestman. I don't know where she's come from. I know she's been there um, since he's been there, but but yeah, I I think yeah, I think um, I think she was very undervalued. I mean, she was a terrific player, wasn't she, Marion Spacey? Yeah. So um, I don't know if either that has got um, anything to do with it. Well, the, the, you say your backroom team does kind of help or doesn't help, so we'll see. Um, I don't want to ask it, but I'm going to ask it. Um, I know what you are, Richard, so I'm going to go to Ali first. Uh, are you never Phil Neville in or are you Phil Neville out? Personally, I am Phil Neville out. Um, I think he hasn't got the experience to lead um, the Lionesses. But I think before we get rid of Neville, one thing I would love to try is if we did a Gareth Southgate and we go completely young team. I think there is a level of complacency within the Lionesses that it doesn't matter how well you perform internationally or not, you will get picked. Because mm. Millie Bright has had a shocker internationally. She's cracking for Chelsea. But yeah, she is very good for Chelsea. She's scored more own goals than actual goals in an England shirt. Steph, I don't quite know what's happened to Steph, but she's been a bit off for England. But it's pretty much a given. You'll still get picked. You will still play. Mm. I think if we could just try a complete Southgate approach and go for the youngsters, the ones that are hungry to play for their country, if that still works, then we keep Neville. If that doesn't work, then we need someone else. Yeah, and I, I want to ask you, when you talk about a younger approach, you're not just talking about elevating the ones that are in the under 21s. You're talking about players that have not been picked. Exactly. That have experience within the WSL and Championship, but they are, you, you know, they've had, they have enough experience of playing football at a very good level. Yeah, exactly. You know, I know Ashley Neville's not young, but she's not oh, up for England, but we, yes. I, we love her. Oh, we do. Unfortunately, she plays for the wrong team, but we love her. Yeah. You know, players like that, you know, the young, hungry players that have got the technical ability but are not getting seen. How has she not been called up? <laughs> I don't, anyway, yeah, bonkers. I'm not a Spurs fan before people start asking, but she's a very good player. Uh, <laughs> Rich, uh, Neville in, Neville out. Well, you know my thoughts, Rodney. Um, no. Uh, thing, to, to, to elaborate, to elaborate on what Ali said, um, you've got to pick players on league form. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I'm like a stuck record with with Bagley. Yeah. But she, I'd like to, you know, how does Mackay? Is it Mackay? Sandy McIver, Is it? Yeah. How does Sandy McIver get in? I mean, she doesn't even play for. Um, she doesn't even play for Everton. She's on the on the bench. Well, I mean, we had this problem last year when um, we had this problem when Earps and Roebuck, none of them were the first team goalkeeper, but they were getting in ahead of Bagley. Yet Bagley was, Bagley was well, she won the best goalkeeper um, player of the month twice. She got in as the best goalkeeper of the of the season and not a look in. Yeah. So there does need to be consistency. That they do need to look at league form. They, uh, for me, they do. They do need to look at league form. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that the players that were selected were not any good. I, I believe they were good. I just, you know, the the actual, the, the way the way they were combined, I suppose, what they were asked to do. I'll tell you who I thought really didn't have a very good, I'd say, game, but tournament was uh, Manchester United's former left-back. Um, Greenwood. Greenwood, yeah. I just, I, 
I couldn't believe what I was watching. You know, honestly, they were, at one point I was concerned as to something was on my TV screen, but then I realised it was the eyelashes as well. So that was <laughs> that was throwing me off. <laughs> I needed a new TV. Yeah. So, um, it, it, it for me, watching so much of the women's football that I have saw this season, there's there are so many good players out there. There are so many good players and. Um, yeah, I was expecting a little bit more, but not necessarily expecting them to win the tournament because, as I say, United States national team, they're just, you know, they're, they're levels above. They're almost godlike. And um, the Lionesses are, you know, they're punching well, but they're not at that level. They're, no, they're punching well, but they're not at that level. And I have to be honest, when I watch Spain, Spain are above them in the rankings because Spain, for me, they really pushed that, that US national team. They pushed them. And, you know, they, they didn't give them any respect at all. You know, physically, football-wise, they just said, no, we're here to win. They didn't get the, the result, but they showed, like, yeah, we're here. You know, and it, it will be interesting to see what happens in the next major tournament as to, to who will be the main threat to the United States and whether or not the Lionesses are still in, in the running to kind of get to semifinals. Because if they don't change what they're doing, I believe they're not going to. They're not going to. Sorry. <laughs> and another thing is USA, we're actually USA aren't even in their season yet. That's how good they are. Yeah, that's the thing. They're off season. They're off season. Yeah. They're a training camp, you know, so they've not had any real um kind of prep. So, you know, if 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 as you say the WSL does go to the uh, the summer, the summer, you know, we might close the gap a little bit, <laughs> but not but not much. But not much, not much. Um, what we haven't done today, Richard, is um, talked about what's hot and what's not. Um, what's been hot? Because we've moved away from the jerk spice rating, especially <laughs> since there's no, there are no goals to talk about. But what's been hot and what's not? I'm going to go what's been hot. What's been hot for you in terms of the football and the, or what you've seen because of the lack of football and uh, what it's been for you? Um, all the players coming out. I've seen um, all the players coming out wanting to help um, yeah. with the old, um, with the sort of shopping, all the old pensioners. And uh, I've seen uh, one of our players, Abby Harrison, who's on the injured, who's injured at the moment. She was um, asking around. I think even um, oh, was it not Tash Dowie? I, oh, forget her name. There's been a few, hasn't there? Yeah, there has been. There's been a few that have gone on Twitter and um, sort of said. Um, Jess Fish, sorry, Jess, Jess Fish, Lockie Bit in America. She was putting on Twitter, oh, you know, if anyone needs help with groceries or sort of anything that, anything like that, yeah. you know, I'm there to help. So that's, that's been wonderful to see. That has been, actually. Uh, Ali, for you, what's been hot in terms you of... You know, I think the fact that people are having some fun, you know, you're seeing these, like, Connect Four tournaments between yeah, the two teams. Yeah, amazing. How do you and, do that? You know, play, I think um, it's Bayer... Uh, Lukehausen. Yeah. yeah, they're now playing yeah. chess with another team that they've made their own Twitter chess board and things like that. So I think the people are being imaginative and creative, and it's quite fun to see that. It has been. I, we did, I see it was Aston Villa women were taking on, I don't know, did they take on AS Roma or something? I'm not sure. That's right. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 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 Connect Four, which is amazing. So that, that has been good, actually. That's That's been very good in terms of what's hot. For me, I have to echo you, Richard, you know, in terms of 
um, what I've really been happy to see and pleased to see, and 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 it's shown a different side to the players. Is you know the players that I've seen, I've seen a Millie Bright tweet, you know, um, offering help in in a local area, and I believe she's now gone back up up north. And she's retweeted again saying, you know, if there are any, you know, families, elderly people that need help. And I just thought, wow, look at that. You know, it's just, just says something about you as a person. I've seen, um, I better get this right, Nikita Wynette, I think it's for London Bees. I've seen them t- her tweet. And also mm-hmm. from another podcast, from the Offside Rule pod, Kate Borsay. She's not far from me. And I've seen her tweet and she seems really busy. And there are so many people that I look that I see on Twitter that are, you know, doing kind of having the usual conversations about football. But then there are others that are like, yeah, this is, you know, we're, we are part of the football family, but we are so into helping other people. We are going to do whatever we can. We're going to go the extra mile. We're going to show that, you know, we we are thinking of others other than ourselves, you know, at this time. And it, it for me, is really, really nice, really nice. And I suppose that's when we talk about football as being, you know, the football family, you know, that that is something special. So for me, it's the what's hot has been the help mm. that I've seen from football players, uh, particularly female football players. I haven't seen any from the male football players. No, I've no, no, I've just no, I probably haven't either. I just I'm just saying. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm I think even saying. Jilly's got Jilly's offered her services yep. as well, I think, hasn't she? Yep, yeah. Jilly and Martha have both said that they will help yeah so it's been for me it's been really good to see that and you just think wow that's really nice because it shows that they're part of the community wherever they're residing and they care about their local environment and the people that they're, they're living with and, and sharing those amenities with and it's it says it really does say a lot in these definitely difficult and trying times and times that we're not familiar with damn it's difficult not talking about football, but talking about football. <laughs> yes, it's a bit. Uh, it's a bit of a surreal one, yeah. It, it, it is very surreal. It is very surreal. I will say we have literally run to time. It has been. You know what? We talked so much, and it's been so <laughs> nice having with Ali on board. Ali, how have you found being part of this little chit chat? really enjoyed it and uh, I hope that you'll have me back and I've not overrun my time but no you haven't bro no not at all <laughs> and uh, you know I I was there in communication with uh, Rich and saying what are we going to talk about you know DM and each other and he goes let's get someone else on you know and then running through names and your name was at the top of the list so oh you're such you a flatterer <laughs> yeah well no just blame Richard really you know <laughs> yeah it's my fault <laughs> <laughs> you know blame Richard so don't worry about that um right considering there are no fixtures to talk about <laughs> there are no there are no like oh which games are you going to and what do you think the score will be and all the predictions all of that stuff uh, <laughs> oh we have got the Australian final on Saturday morning though haven't we what? What's W League this? final? Really? Oh, w League final between Sydney FC Sydney FC and Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. Melbourne right. yeah. That's on. Um, that's live on BT. At, is it five? No, seven o'clock in five or five o'clock in the morning. Five that's o'clock it. in the morning. So that'll oh, be wow. on. That's. I'm going to record um, that. Well, are you gonna <laughs> you're gonna record? Well, actually, record. you know, it's really strange. I have recorded games from the from the Bundesliga uh, uh, that I haven't watched, so I have that. <laughs> I have those to kind of almost go. Oh, 
this football on. Oh, aren't I, aren't I fortunate? You know, um, I'm trying to look. I've just remembered now, actually, we were talking about the, the whole thing with the, the lack of football. And I've got to give a shout out. And this is to um, Ashley Hayes. And she plays for um, Filed Women FC. And the reason I'm doing this is because she tweeted that they still had a game at the weekend when the whole football world had decided that they weren't going to play. And she had basically been spat at by another player. And I just thought, considering everything that has been shared in the news about the coronavirus and about how you need to be, you know, mindful about one another and safe, I could not believe that she had been spat at. And on top of that, obviously, she's reacted. And then she gets sent off. Yeah, and the mind boggles, doesn't it? It, it? it does indeed boggle. So for me, I just thought, I hope that the authorities are going to look at that and probably rescind the red card and the player involved in the incident that they've spoken to. Because, you know, in terms of a, pub, a public health issue that we're all facing, you know, you cannot have behaviour like that from other players and, and then talk about being worried about what fans are going to do. We need to really be mindful and... Um, you know, that, that's me giving a shout out to her. I saw the tweet and I thought, well, apart from just shaking my head, I just thought, no, I'm going to mention this. So it's a good thing we didn't end <laughs> five minutes ago. So yeah, <laughs> I've mentioned it. Um, I'm going to say thank you to Ali for joining on this uh, little pod chat, this this <laughs> Rich and Rod's WSL takeout. I nearly forgot what, what the title was called there for a minute. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Ali. Thank you very much. Thank you, Ali. And uh, Rich, uh, same time again in uh, a couple of weeks. Hopefully that we'll have something to talk about. We're going to have to create something, I'm sure. We're going to have to create we'll, a game. I'm sure we can think of something, can't we? We're going to have to think of something. We'll think we'll of something. Think, we've got two weeks to think of something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and if you guys could think of something, please let us know. Just send in any old random request. Not, not too random. Just, <laughs> just, you know, any old request. I'm going to say thank you very much. This has been Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout. I nearly did it again. We've had Ali on, and that was Rich, and I'm Rodney Cyrus. We're out of here. We'll see you very soon. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Bye. Let's hustle. we got a lot of hungry people out here.